We're getting back on track here with Catherine and Emily, but as you know, we won't stay there for long because this is the Going Off Track podcast. And welcome to the first episode of F101 on the Going Off Track podcast. I'm Catherine, and that's Emily. And the F101 series is going to be us explaining um, all about F1 to you um, when we're not in a race week, race weekend situation. Um, And this week, we are going to talk about F1 um, and give you a quick and dirty rundown if you are brand new to the sport and you're just listening because you like us of, you know, who who is driving, who is talking on TV, um, you know, who are the important people around the sport um, and, you know, why we like them so much or maybe not. But mostly why we like them all so much. I don't know. There's some that we don't like, but we'll talk about them all anyways. It's important to know everybody, I guess. Everyone's included. Um, Yeah, awesome. So Catherine, tell us, where are you podcasting from today? It looks similar to last week. Yeah, I'm, I might be sitting about three inches to my left compared to where I was last week, um, but I did just come back from um, hiking in the wilderness with a bunch of uh, our older campers, um, including spending a night on the same beach where I opened up Instagram and discovered that uh, Alphatari had replaced Nick DeVries with Danny Ricardo. Um, those are two names, and we will go into that a little bit more later, um, but I was on that beach yesterday, at, at the time of, of recording, yesterday morning, um, and made that discovery. There was no big Formula One news yesterday uh, when I woke up, uh, but um, we we shall see what comes uh, during these coming weeks as we are in silly season, the summer break. Uh, Emily, what about you? You are definitely recording from somewhere new. Yes, I have a new background. I am in Argentina again, so I'm back home um, in Buenos Aires. I'm in my house. Um, in my office slash now podcast studio, I guess, which the acoustics are terrible. So I'm probably gonna have to find a new place. I'm just gonna like bounce around my house until I find a good place, but back in Argentina. So not super happy to be back in winter, but uh, happy to be home. Yeah. Oh, also to note that we recorded a later episode while you were still in the States, so you will be hopping back to your previous background uh, in next week's episode, and then we'll be back in Argentina for good for a bit. Oh, yay, that'll be fun. I know, I'm just going to keep every keep everybody guessing where, where I am. It's like, um, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but where in the world is Emily podcasting from? <laughs> Exactly. Um, all right. So diving in, um, F101 is the the basics of F1, and you can't get any more basic than the drivers and teams. And one of the reasons why I personally love Formula One so much is that it, it is so easy to keep track of all the major players. There are 10 teams. There are 20 drivers. There are a number of um, – every team obviously has, like, a team principal and, you know, relevant race engineers, but there are only a handful of those that are, like – the ones who make a big splash in the media and the ones that, you know, do most of the talking in reference to the sport. Um, so it's very easy to know who everyone is and to pick up on who everyone is relatively quickly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I like about it too. In the NFL and like in basketball, you have, well, NFL, you have what, a bench of, or a roster of 
54 people generally and plus you have your practice squad and whatever and NBA you can have 15 but there's so many teams there's so many people to keep track of someone you know subs in it's like who the heck is this person you have second strings and you just half the time you don't know who's on the field who's playing F1 you have 20 people to keep track of pretty easy pretty simple until people start losing their seats and new people start showing up but that's all part of the fun as well exactly and and to make it even easier um you know some of the support races in Formula One, they have, you know, the same chassis, the same engine, but in, in, in Formula One, you have the, you know, every team gets to, to make up their own car, their own engine. Um, fortunately, there are only four engine suppliers that you need to worry about, and these are relevant when a, um, a team that is being supplied an engine either does really well or does really badly, um, you will kind of know based on um, who their supplier is for their engines, um, um, you know, what, what is, what, which ones are the problem? And they tend to all kind of, you know, if, if one engine supplier is having a good weekend, that all the teams with those engines tend to be having good weekends. And when they're faltering, it's also the same. So there are, there are four. Um, we've got Honda Red Bull powertrains, which I'm sure you can imagine who they power. Um, you've got Ferrari, you've got Renault, and you've got Mercedes. Um, and as we go down the line for each team, we will tell you who their engine supplier is, um, if it isn't obvious. Exactly. Perfect. We'll, we'll choose <laughs> the teams and the drivers in the order of the current um, drivers standing or the, the current constructors standing. So there are two sets of standings that you need to worry about the drivers championship, which is the individual drivers, which Max Verstappen is currently leading. Um, and there's also the constructors championship was the, the teams that construct the car. Anyway. Um, so first things first. Yes. So currently in first for constructors is the Oracle Red Bull racing. And for those of you who are not familiar with F1 or have not really watched a race, the current drivers are Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, or you'll hear him be called Checo. That's his nickname. Um, I don't think I've ever called him Sergio ever. I always call him Checo. That's kind of weird to say that. Um, But those are the two current drivers, Max Verstappen. If you are in, if you are in F one, you, you know a who rock. he is. If not, <laughs> you might know who he is. Um, but he's currently leading the um, drivers' championships. He's won all but two races this year. He's doing pretty well. Yeah, Checo won the other two races. Red Bull hasn't lost a race since the 2022 season. Um, and with the way that their car is designed and the way everything has been going, there's a chance that they're just not going to lose a race at all this season. And we've got 10 races to go once we come back from the break. And Catherine loves Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my team. Um, and yeah, like I said in, in our intro podcast, I took one look at the, the battle between Verstappen and Hamilton and said, Verstappen's my guy and, and that's my team. Um, and yeah, I like it. And we're winning, which makes it even better. Yeah, I mean, I don't love Red Bull, but it would be kind of cool to see one team win every race yeah. in one season. Yeah. And 
to, um, also to add for relevant personnel, um, there are a few relevant personnel um, on the pit wall for Red Bull. There's Christian Horner, um, who's the team principal and is the only team principal they've ever had. Um, side note, he's married to Ginger Spice, so that's why you're going to see Ginger Spice at some races. Um, she's there for a reason, um, and it's called She's Married to One. Um, and then there's Helmut Marco, who is head of the uh, Red Bull Driver Development Program and is the reason for basically all of the Red Bull and AlphaTauri drivers you see today. Um, and has, he's been in that advisory role since 2005 and is pretty brutal if if you if, if you're watching this and you know F1 already and you know what happened with uh, AlphaTauri this year um, or if you watched our red flag rundown about um, the change at AlphaTauri you'll you'll know that Helmut Marco takes no prisoners um, and then there's also GP who is Max Verstappen's uh, race engineer and you will hear him on the pit wall telling Max to watch his tire degradation or you know other things that Max is or isn't doing and Max will just sass at him the entire race and it's, it's gotten a lot of um, social media entertainment especially after what happened at Spa last week yeah also side note um, did you see Helmet Marco's like comments about him and Max how, yes. like, during the summer break he's like oh they're gonna go on an island for a few days together like that's my understanding and I'm a mediator I'll be here if they need me I'm only a phone call away or something like that yeah, like it was, it was he's hilarious. just a G like I I love Helmet. I think he's the perfect mix of take no prisoners, extremely cutthroat, but also fluffs it with like extreme humor and can yeah. make some jokes here and there. I don't know. I, I think he's a great character and a great uh, F1 personality. So, Agreed. That's my, yeah. so my take second, on Helmet. But. Yeah. Agreed. So second in the in the uh, championship standings is currently Mercedes AMG Petronas F1 team, which if you have watched any of Drive to Survive, you'll know that uh, that team name is the bane of Lewis Hamilton's existence. Um, he is their their lead. And Toto, driver. none of them can Toto. say it. Yes, you're right. You're right. Toto too. Um, I was like just gonna say, Catherine. I think you got that on your first try, and like no one else who's actually on the team can get it on their first try. So congratulations. Legitimately, because I am reading it off of our rundown document. It's not because I have it actually memorized. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got Lewis Hamilton. Uh, the other driver is George Russell. Toto Wolf is the CEO and team principal of Mercedes. Um, and he is also a fan favorite team principal on the grid, um, known for things like his uh, viral quote at the 2021 Abu Dhabi, uh, Abu Dhabi GP, um, and also for his um, Darth Toto black turtleneck moment at the end of season four of Drive to Survive. Yeah, Toto, I mean, Lewis is great, George is whatever, but I love Toto. Absolutely love yeah. Toto. Such a character. Like, listening to him on the intro on this season of Drive to Survive, and he's like, I think we all have targets on our back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Toto, yes. Like, it's yeah. just like that thick accent that he has, and just his delivery, and I just, I love it. I loved him and... Corner fighting last year in the team principal meeting. That yeah. was amazing. Um, yeah, I just, I absolutely love Toto. I think he's amazing. Um, and he, he's kind of collecting like wayward lost boys, I feel like as well, and yeah. then trying to turn them into good drivers. So he's kind of picked up um, Mick Schumacher, who left Haas last year 
or I guess was dropped by Haas last year. He's now the third driver for Mercedes, and Nick DeVries, who was <laughs> with Alphatari this season, is like in talks with Mercedes, allegedly. They had lunch in Monaco, so who knows? But um, he kind of, you know, fixes the broken toys and makes them into better drivers Good again, drivers. so... He's, and, he's an interesting, interesting guy. Yeah, and then Lewis is basically one of the greatest drivers in the history of Formula One, right up there with uh, Michael Schumacher, who is Mick Schumacher's father. Um, he's got a ton of wins, a ton of podiums. He's had a ton of Formula One records. Um, he's noted for his rivalries with, you know, current driver Fernando Alonso, um, former driver Sebastian Vettel, and of course, my favorite former driver that I've never actually seen um, drive a race, Nico Rosberg, who beat Lewis Hamilton in 2016 in equal machinery and will never let anyone forget it literally ever. Ever. Never, ever, ever, ever will anyone ever forget, ever. He, for those of you guys who watch the U.S. broadcast, um, which is really from Sky Sports, um, he will sometimes be like a guest um, presenter, and somehow he manages to bring up that he drove with Lewis and beat him, like in every single broadcast. It's, and I love it's it. so good. And something else to point out about Lewis is that if you do watch a race, you'll find Lewis will just say things randomly to try and call attention from the stewards, and it gets old really quickly. Um, like, it's entertaining, but it's funny because it sounds like someone's, like, parent is tat or, like, some kid is tattling on the other kids in the playground to the parents. Um, and now that I've said that, if you do, when you watch a race after the summer break, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, taking us back to the race in Austria, it was Checo went off, Checo's tires were off, Checo's out, Checo's out, why isn't he getting a flag, why isn't he hitting track limits? Every single lap on quarter, I think nine and ten, every single time, Lewis was on the radio calling him out, but um, yeah, so Lewis is very active on the radio. Very active. And, and the last George person... thinks that it's... Yeah, and then there's George. Oh, and then is... I was going to say, and then there's George. There's yeah. George. George but, well, George know. is um he 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 just came on to to Mercedes last year from Williams, which is not a, a strong team in comparison. Um and, and George just thinks that every single idea he has is the right idea and the right plan and the and the, the right thing that the team should do. Yeah. He's uh he does provide a lot of comic relief on the radio though. Sometimes he's uh he's a funny one. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I highly suggest that you look into the Is It Rain or Is It Sweat. Um, I can't remember what race it was, but that was from this season. George thought it was raining, but he was just um, sweating profusely. So there's that. Classic George. But anyway, so moving on to our next team. Wait, before we move on. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but no, before we move on, we just have to highlight Toto's wife, Susie Wolf, um, who is the current <gasps> managing oh my gosh. director my queen. of the F1 Academy. My queen. Yes. Mm. How could I forget about Susie? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Susie, if you are hearing this. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Please come on our show. She's not directly tied to. I didn't. She's not directly tied to Mercedes, but like. She is so. I mean, she yeah, she Susie, is by the, um, the married thing. She was a, a development driver for Williams, um, and was kind of the closest we've seen to a woman on the grid since the seventies. 
Yeah, she's just an all-around badass. Like, I'm obsessed. She's the coolest person, I think, in F1. She's leading the F1 Academy, which, for those of you who don't know, is the all-women's driving, which is now partnered with F1, so the teams will have um, kind of more connection with the F1 Academy. Um, And she's really promoting women in motorsport, starting in karting, um, at young, you know, for young girls and, and having them grow in the uh, motorsport world like they do for, you know, men, which is really cool. I think she's awesome. Yeah, and she's married I'm to Toto, really, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, she sometimes posts videos of Toto diving off yachts while naked. I don't know if he was naked or if he had like a light pink swimsuit. It could have been a micro mini. He is your because I don't think because I don't th- yeah because like I don't think she would post something like that because like I know she was far away but she's still close enough to where I feel like it could be in dangerous territory. You know what I mean? A little bit. Um, anyway, I don't know. Anyways, moving on to the next team in the standings, we have Aston Martin Aramco Cognizant. I can never say that word. Cognizant F one team. And they are supplied by Mercedes, so they don't actually make their own engine, but Mercedes does. So that's um, what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, how there's four constructors that supply engines, Mercedes supplies Aston Martins. So driving for Aston Martin, we have Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll. And I feel like we have a lot of comments on this one. <laughs> just, just a couple. I mean, so um, for Nan- yeah. Alonso's, what, he's one of my favorite drivers personally. He's a Spanish driver. He has flair to him. Let's say that he's not a British driver, um, and he tends to cause some chaos on the track, <laughs> um, especially last year with the. Uh, I think it was in Austin. Him and Lance, who is now his teammate, was not last year, got into a kind of a big Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Flying. Yeah. There was a flying, there was a big flying not incident. crash, but a, there was a flying incident. Um but no, he is very decorated. He is a two-time world champion. Um he's driven for many of the teams. He's had a hundred podiums. He got his hundredth this year. Um and then he in the didn't get it, and then he got season, it back. Which is pretty cool. I know, and then he did it, and then and then George like had his trophy, and then was gonna mail it to him. But, um, but yeah, I I really like Fernando. I think he's like settling into his role as like the old man driver of the team, um, even though he's still doing better than Lance. But yeah, then you got Lance. <laughs> yeah, Lance is he he's a, he's obviously a good enough driver to have been in Formula One for a long time. Um, but what he is no, most known for is being the son of the um, part owner and executive chairman of the Aston Martin F1 team, Lawrence Stroll, who if you've seen any bit of Drive to Survive that has anything to do with um, Lawrence and um, what Aston Martin was prior to um, its current incarnation as Aston Martin, which 
which we will go into a whole um, a, a whole video of um, whatever happened to Force India, um, which turned into Racing Point, which turned into Aston Martin as we know it now. And we all joke that he gives Fernando a bonus every time Fernando says something nice about Lance during a race. Yeah, because... Like, historically, he was not necessarily the nicest guy on the grid. Like, super competitive, you know, very much in his lane. And this season on the radio, it's like, oh, tell Lance that was a really nice move on this corner. And tell Lance I'm at this setting, and it's really helping me. You know, maybe it'll help him. And it's just a very different Fernando. But we're convinced that Daddy Stroll is paying him to help Lance and be nice to him. (laughs) Yeah. And and Lance um, also broke both of his hands and one of his feet in a training accident before the 2023 season, and we didn't actually know if he was going to be ready to, to race in Bahrain, but somehow he managed it, um, and I, I don't understand how he did, but um, that is the, when, when you have every available medical piece of technology available to you, you are able to get yourself ready and back in a car in less than two weeks after breaking lots and lots of bones. And you say training, he was on a bike. (laughs) He was cycling. Yes, he was cycling. This was not like a vehicle accident. Let's throw that. Yeah, it was not like he was hitting a car. He was riding his bike. Yeah. Um, Poor guy. But yeah, also, if you've never listened to an interview with Lance, highly suggest it. It's a great (laughs) three, four minutes of entertainment. I feel bad for the kid. I mean... He's a he's a really strong driver, and like you said, obviously, if he wasn't good enough, he wouldn't be in the seat. Um, Fernando is out driving him this season, but you never know. I mean, I don't know. I I'm I'm waiting for the day when Stroll, like Daddy Stroll, has to kick Lance out of the car and get someone else. But I don't know if that'll actually happen. I don't know if he's ruthless enough to do that. So. Yeah, he's he's ruthless everywhere else, but I I don't know if he is in in the case of of with his son. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Next in the standings is Emily's team, Scuderia Ferrari, who um, supply themselves with their own speedy Ferrari engines that sometimes explode. Um, But we've got um, their drivers, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, um, and their team principal, Frederick Vasseur, who was formerly the team principal at Alfa Romeo. And then also of note, um, and also because he's been in in the news lately, is their former team principal, who is currently not on the grid, but is a fan favorite is uh, Matteo Bonato, um, and we just we just love him and hope to see him return soon, which may actually happen. Um, but uh, Leclerc is um, a five-time race winner. He finished second in the Drivers' Championship last season. Um, he is cursed in his home race at Monaco, um, and we both personally think that you know even though Ferrari considers him to be their lead driver, we just don't think that. Like talent wise, he he he's just not quite there yet. Um, he's also a very young driver, and and as of today, August second, the rumor is is he has signed his contract extension with Ferrari, which totally tracks that they would want to keep him around for a while, especially while they they move through their their growing pains of figuring out how to um make their strategy actually work and not you know, explode in their faces mid-race and, and make everybody um, bring out those clown show memes. Um, Go without a strategy? 
Yeah, maybe. Um, he he has a significantly more um, pole position victories than he has actual race wins, um, and um, it, it's you know it, it it'll be interesting to see how his career progresses. Um, and then his teammate Carlos Sainz, um, he was a former member of the Red Bull Junior team. He's been with Ferrari for a couple of years now. We feel that he doesn't get the respect he deserves or the credit that he deserves in in the car. Um, and he is definitely the most likely to leave Ferrari um, when his contract expires or if some team wants to buy out his contract. Um, that is something that we can definitely see happening in the not-too-distant future, um, especially, you know, potentially moving to Audi when Audi joins the field in 2026. Yeah. Ugh. I hate talking about Charles and Carlos because it makes me so upset. Because we all know that Carlos deserves more respect than he's actually getting. Yeah. Poor guy. And for, and Ferrari being, you know, one of the top tier teams in Formula One ever um, should should be better than where they are now. But they really, they it's it's been a long time since they've seen success. They're a little lost right now. <laughs> they need some help getting back. But yeah, it's, I mean, if you've been watching this season at all, um, or if you're just getting into it, you will... It is like blatantly obvious they favor Charles over Carlos. Um, they'll pick Charles better times than Carlos. Like if they're right there, they it's really frustrating to watch, but it's fine. It's totally fine. But anyways, yeah. moving on to the next team we have here, um, McLaren F1 team, and they are also supplied by Mercedes. And their drivers are Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. And they're, um, the big notable um, non-driver here is Zach Brown, who is McLaren's CEO. So yeah. if you watch Drive to Survive, you know who Zach Brown is. If you know about the Oscar Piastri incident, which happened a year ago today. Yes, a year um, ago on August 2nd. I, uh, you, you will know who Zach Brown is. Um, very, very, or unless, or if you've been, you know, watching the hype to Vegas, he's been challenging Toto and Christian Horner to like fights and races. Um, that'd be Zach Brown of McLaren, but yeah, going back to the drivers, Lando Norris, um, he, we have another British driver. He has raced with McLaren his entire career. So he came up, um, a few years ago, started with McLaren, still with McLaren, and he's contracted with McLaren for a few more, I think through 2026. Um, I think it might be 25, but it, it could be 25. Okay. Yeah. So for a few more seasons here, um, he's a notable one to watch possibly for next silly season or the next, um, for possible movements. I know Helmet's been talking about him as well as some other teams. Um, he is a hot new driver. Um, he's very, very good kind of in the midfield in our recent history, McLaren has not been a, known as a top team, but Lando's other kind of been at the top of that. Of weeks. I know. Well, yeah, other than these last couple of weeks, but Lando's pretty much been the top of that midfield kind of pack of drivers. Yeah, exactly. Um, next, we have Oscar Piastri, who's just such an interesting guy to talk about. Um, he's an Australian driver, so he took over the seat of Daniel Ricciardo last season, so they replaced one Aussie with another. And he's the one who kind of create not created, but there was a lot of drama last uh, silly season 
about Alpine saying that he was going to drive for them because he was their reserve driver when Fernando Alonso left Alpine. And then he came out and said, no, I'm not. And then a little bit later, um, Oscar ended up driving for McLaren. So this is all, the whole Oscar Piastri fiasco is actually covered in our F101 Silly Season episode that we are going to be releasing next week. Yeah, next week. Next week. Thank you, Catherine, for clarifying. Um, and we really go through like the day-by-day, hour-by-hour breakdown of what happened um, last year with Oscar Piastri. But him and Lando um, both drive for McLaren this year. They've got a really, really young team this year um, with those two drivers. So. Yeah. And also yeah. a notable thing to say about Zach Brown, um, he has a tattoo of the Monza track on his arm because he lost a bet with Daniel Ricardo. And I just love this because of what they did to Danny. And now it's like forever on his body and he has to remember Danny every single day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the next team on the list is the BWT Alpine F1 team. They are the only Renault-supplied team on the grid. Um, they used to be the Renault F1 team, um, and they are currently an all-French team um, with Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, um, who are the best of best of friends. Um, they've actually they've got along well this year, mostly because the major storylines with Alpine are A, that they have um, a portion of the of the the team itself has been purchased by a um, group that includes Ryan Reynolds um, and um, Rob McElhenney. Rob McElhenney. Yeah, um, who recently bought um, the Wrexham uh, football team in the UK. Um, and um, also by the fact that they just fired their team principal, Otmar Safnauer, um, who was the team principal at Aston Martin, had been at Alpine for about 18 months before Alpine decided to go in a different direction. Um, Gasly um, was, he, he spent most of his t- uh, career at AlphaTauri, other than um starting out at Red Bull for a little bit, which didn't necessarily go well. He ended up getting replaced by Alex Albon, um, who is currently at Williams, but we'll touch on them in a minute. Um, And Pierre is known for his epic bromance with his former teammate, Yuki Tsunoda, um, which is just the most adorable, wholesome thing that you've kind of ever seen. I love Yuki and Pierre's uh, friendship, and I love how they highlighted it last season on Drive to Survive. It was really cute. So. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, and then next down the line is Williams Racing, which is one of the most historic uh, racing teams on the grid. They're right up there with, you know, McLaren and Ferrari. Um, they're not doing as well as we would like to see a team of this, you know, with this history. Um, but they are on, I, I feel, an upswing. They've, um, they're have they a Mercedes-supplied um, engine. They have a very close tie with Mercedes. Um, Toto Wolf, the team principal at Mercedes, likes to bring his own drivers to get some experience in a car at Williams. And you saw that with um, George Russell's career. He was a um, Mercedes, uh, young Mercedes driver, um, and, and Toto really put him in a Williams car to get him experience before moving him to the Mercedes team. Um, right now you have Alex Albon and Logan Sargent as the two drivers for Williams. Um, Sargent is the first American driver to get a race in 
racing seat since the aptly named Scott Speed, who uh, raced in 2007. Um, and it was his participation in last year's F, um, FP1 Young Driver Sessions that gave him enough time in an F1 car to get his super license points um, so that he could drive on um, drive this season. Um, Alex Albon um, raced for uh, Al Bef Toro Rosso, which is now AlphaTauri, which is soon to be someone else. Um, and then he was on Red Bull for a while and then left Red Bull when Red Bull decided to give a seat to Checo Perez. Um, and um, he's doing really, really well at Williams. It's wonderful to see him in a car. Um, he withdrew from Monza in 2022 because he needed to get his appendix out and somehow was able to race in Singapore three weeks after having major surgery that did have some complications that were a little touch and go, apparently, um, which was a little Which scary. is insane. Yeah, like, that's absolutely insane. insane. Yeah. And um, I don't think it was talked enough last talked no. about enough last year. All that they talked about was like, oh, Nick DeVries is gonna step in. Yeah, so the the story behind that is Nick DeVries um stepped into that open seat for um Monza and outscored um or he scored and um Nicholas Latifi, who was the other Williams driver at the time, he didn't score, um, which is basically what guaranteed DeVries um a seat on the grid in twenty twenty three for about 11 races and we'll get to that once we talk talk about AlphaTauri um, but we also cannot stop talking about Williams without talking about their brand new team principal James Vowles who is um, beloved on the grid um, he is known for um, he, he used to be a race engineer um, or chief strategist at Mercedes um, he is known for the Valtteri it's James radio communications um, when uh, Valtteri Botas was um, driving for Mercedes and he was usually the bearer of bad news to enforce team orders um, which is when um, if, if Botas was driving ahead of Hamilton when they would make the driver switch places um, and he joined Williams before the season he's really into tech and strategy and we love how much he's into tech and strategy and we can really just we can listen to uh to james talk about tech and strategy all day it's honestly the most entertaining thing this weekend for spa with there being rain during you know free practice one and quali but then for the sprints it was a little different weather it was harder rain and then for race day it was completely dry they asked james like so how does this play into strategy? He's like, oh, that's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked. And then he went into like a 20-minute deep dive. And my dad was like, they couldn't find anyone else better to talk on TV. I'm like, dad, this is James. Like, you don't understand. This is amazing. This is what he um, does. This is his thing. This is why he's here. And uh, yeah, no, he's, whenever it's a James weekend and not like a Zach weekend, I get really excited. So yeah. I mean, it's also it. almost even more exciting than a Christian Horner weekend. And, you know, it's, it's always fun when, when Horner's on the grid because it's all about, you know, the, the battles between Perez and Verstappen and, you know, what is Verstappen going to do and, you know, Verstappen getting testy with GP and all those fun things. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. But, no, we, we, love, we love James from, uh, from Williams. So our next team that we have is MoneyGram Haas F1 team, and they are also supplied by Ferrari. Um, and so quick side note here, whenever something is going wrong with like all of the Ferrari cars, which is more times than we would like, the Sky Sports team of presenters 
will always point out like, oh, they're all Ferrari cars. Interesting. And they always put them down. They always talk down to Ferrari and I feel like they're extremely biased against them, but it's my little tangent. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just a little bit. But so your drivers for um, Haas are Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg. So in comparison to the McLaren team, which is super young, kind of, you know, up and coming drivers, I would say this is one of the more seasoned teams. Um, K Mags or Kevin Magnuson, um, he he's one of my favorite personalities. I think because he gets a, he gets a little hot headed on the radio. Um, he if you do watch Drive to Survive, um, he smashed Gunther's door, <laughs> which is just a great great moment. Um, he left Formula One for a season, but then actually got called back when. Um, Mazepin was let go. Um, he, Mazepin, um, is Russian and had ties to oligarchs or his dad had ties, something, his dad had ties. His dad was a big sponsor for Haas, which is how he kind of got the seat. Um, and so during the Russia-Ukraine war, when that was first starting, um, he he was let go for, as a driver, and they called um, K-Mags to come back and drive for them again. Um, it also should be added really that um, Mazepin was also not a very good driver, so it wasn't like he was this great, you know, driver, leading driver for Haas, um, who was let go because of the the war. He he was also let go for for not being good in, in Haas, which, um, the other important part to know about Haas is Haas is an American team. Um, it is, is the currently the only, um, American team on the grid, and so an American team couldn't really have ties with, um, somebody who had major ties to Russia and the Russian government and everything that is going on with that. Um, so that is one of the reasons why Maz- Nikita Mazepin was was let go. And I think he's now uh, living his life as a DJ. Why does everyone, like, quit their life and become a DJ? I don't understand. Like, hey, Nicholas Latifi is going to business school. I was going to say, we should, we should bring up that Nicholas Latifi is now getting his MBA. So good for you, buddy. Good for him. Um, so your other driver is Nico Hulkenberg and this, this poor guy, such a, such a, you know, seems like a friendly guy. I don't know, but he holds one of the most unfortunate records in F1. Um, he has the active record for most races without a victory and that's 191 races. Um, so he's been in the sport for a long time, been on the grid driving for a long time, but has never actually, um, made a podium, let alone victory. His best finish has been fourth place. So, and I had really high hopes for him in spa. Um, at least with the sprint, at least with the sprint, I was like, this has to count. Um, but yeah, he unfortunately has never really cracked, um, that mid-tier level of driving. Um, And then last but not least for Haas is, okay, next to Toto, he's my favorite person in F1. Um, And that's uh, Gunther Steiner, who is their team principal. Um, And he has just 
Um, he's been the only team principal at Haas since the start of the team. Um, he he's amazing. Like there's, I could say so many things about him, but we'd be here for an hour and a half. Um, if you watch Drive to Survive, or if you don't, plug for Drive to Survive. It's such a great show. It really helps kind of like put all this together. But he's always calling the owner. And my my dad asked, so I got to watch two races with my dad. And my dad was like, oh, that's the guy that is always calling the other guy. And I'm like, yes, that's, <laughs> yes, that's it. That's Gunther. So he's always calling Gene Haas, who's the team owner, um, when anything goes wrong or if something goes good. He's like, oh, I have to call Gene. Oh, Gene's not going to like this. Um, so I love that dynamic. It's really funny. But he's a, he's quite a character. And his book just came out last week, I think, yeah. or this week. It, it, Surviving it, 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 to Drive or something like that. But yeah, yeah, I kind of want to read it. I need it, to read honestly. it. I, I I need to read it. I think. Um, so we. I we I want the audiobook. I want the audiobook of him reading the book. That's what I want. Please, yes. So next up on the team is Alfa Romeo F1 Team Steak, um, which is a Ferrari uh, supplied team. Um, they are also referred to predominantly by one of the Sky Sports pundits, Ted Kravitz, as uh, Sauber, um, which is the original team name that they are going to be going back to because Alfa Romeo is leaving this current team. Um, but their drivers are Valtteri Botas and Joe Guan Yu. Um, Botas is a Finnish driver. He is the most Australian Finnish man you have ever met. Um, he is always in Australia if he is not racing or following his girlfriend um, around the world. She's a, a, an Olympic-rated cyclist. Um, he's a 10-time race winner with about uh, 67 podium finishes um, and has been appeared um, has been featured naked in photos many, many times on his social media account, um, including an autographed picture that he gave to his former teammate, Lewis Hamilton. Um, and then there's Zhou Guan Yu, who is the first Chinese driver to compete in Formula One. And unfortunately, by virtue of the fact that he is in um, the number nine team on the grid, um, you, you really don't see just how good he is as a driver. Um, what, what, what he is probably best known for is unfortunately his car flipped multiple times um, in Silverstone 2022. Um, the car flipped maybe a, two, two times before it, it got caught between the tire wall and the fence. Um, but it was featured in Drive to Survive about 800 times, even when they weren't covering Silverstone, which is kind of awkward. Um, but he's he's very good. He's kind of like that next uh, Formula One fashionista right up there with Lewis Hamilton, who was also very well known for, for his fashion choices. I was going to say, um, Joe, he is like taking the cake this season. Like he's yeah. killing it on the fashion game. I, huge, huge props to him. His style is great. Lewis kind of like... I don't know, goes off the deep end sometimes, but... Uh, he makes some bold choices. Yeah, Joga and Yud does too, but they're very tasteful. So... Yeah. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate his style, so... Yeah. Okay, so moving on from Alfa Romeo, we have Scuderia Alfatari, which is supplied by Honda Red Bull Powertrains. Um, so they're kind of like a sister team of Red Bull... And next season, they're going to be allegedly working Hugo more Boss together. Racing. Yeah, well, yeah, Hugo Boss Racing, but they'll also be working more closely with Red Bull to develop the car. Um, historically, AlphaTauri has been kind of a mid-pack 
car and this season it's uh, just not performing well at all they are last in the constructors standing um with their drivers so at the beginning of the season they had yuki sonoda and nick devries but now their seats are yuki and daniel ricardo so if you caught our red flag rundown um we talked all about how nick lost his seat to danny this is the team scuderia alfatari or just alfatari and nick is no longer driving for f1 danny took his seat so this is uh one of the you know helmet marco cutthroat moves that we were kind of talking about earlier um so even though he is with red bull he does kind of um advise for AlphaTauri as well. So Yuki is from Japan and he um, has only driven for AlphaTauri. I think we mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes, but I always think of Yuki as like a second year driver and he's been driving for like four years, five years. Something maybe? like that. It's, it's been something minute, like that, but honestly. I just constantly think he's a new driver, but he's not, but he has only driven for AlphaTauri. That is the one and only team that he's driven for. Um, He's also known for his extreme radio rants and calls. If you watch it, again, on the U.S. um, broadcaster Sky Sports, you will see half of what's on the screen is just expletives (laughs) that they can't actually show on the screen because he's yelling the F word or shit or something that they can't display. And it's just pure profanity, and it makes me so happy because he's probably like four foot eleven, and it's just like this tiny itty bitty little guy just yelling on the radio. Like that's how I imagine it in my head. Um, yeah. And then we have Danny, Daniel Ricardo, um, Danny Rick, lots of nicknames there. Um, Honey Badger as well. Honey Badger. Um, but he he is one of my personal favorite drivers. He was the Red Bull third driver at the start of the season. Now he's on loan to AlphaTauri to replace Nick DeVries. He's won several times in his career, so he is an established driver. It's not like they you know, found him out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, so those are the two current drivers for AlphaTauri. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, then Franz you- Toss, the, the team principal, who is outgoing after this season, um, and um, then... Uh, Ferrari announced that their sporting director, um, Laurent Mekis, is going um, just left the team after Spa, um, and he is going to be taking over as the team principal for AlphaTauri starting in 2024. Perfect. Yeah. So those are your 20 drivers and your 10 teams. Yeah. Super easy to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, and we've got three more people that you need to know about. Um, there, there are actually a lot more people to know about, but the most important people um, of the Sky Sports presenters, um, if you're watching in the U.S. or you're watching in the U.K. Um, or, or you're watching anywhere on ESPN, um, ESPN is contracted with Sky Sports to basically piggyback off their broadcast. Um the three people to know are um, David Croft, known as Crofty, um, who does race commentary. Martin Brundle, who also does race commentary and, um, and analysis, um, and also does our beloved grid walk. Um, and then Ted Kravitz, who is their presenter down in the pit lane, who, when things are happening in the pits or if a driver has to retire because of damage or any other reasons, he's going to be the one giving insights because he's basically standing outside the team garages as he's racing 
places happen. Um, and they are, they're, they're also fan favorites and they're very well known within the sport. Um, there are a number of other pundits that come on from race to race, depending on where in the country they are. You'll see Danica Patrick at a lot of the U.S. based races or the, the ones on the um, American side, U.S., South America, Canadian side of the, of the world. Um, you've got Nico Rosberg who will chime in. You've got a, a few former drivers, a few uh, drivers from other series um, who, who will chime in um, from week to week in the pre-race commentary or the post-race commentary. Um, but for the quick and dirty, you just need to know about Crofty, Martin, and Ted. And just to plug the, um, the, the pit walk, like there's nothing like watching a race, just the first five minutes before the race, just so you can catch Martin just roasting people. If you have any sense of humor whatsoever, highly suggest this. This I, Again, I was talking to my dad about it. He's like, that guy is brutal. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, it's awesome. I'm like, I know. You could only get away with this stuff in Britain. Like, you could not get away with it if it was Amer- like an American presenter no, or doing this. Not. It's it's only okay because it's a British presenter on a British telecast. Like, it's so good. It's my favorite part of the race. I mean, I like the race, but it's just like humor wise. It's, it's, it's amazing, but yeah, exactly. I digress. It's, it's, it's wonderful. We love it. We've also been talking about this for 50 minutes. Um, so we are going to call track limits on ourselves, um, and yes. let you all Waving go back the checkered... to your lives. Yes. Yes. We're, we'll wave the checker flag and we will end this. So I am Emily and I've been Catherine. And thanks for going off track with you guys. We'll see you next week.